Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what's poppin'? Today's episode is going to be poppin'. No, it is Current not. Events 101. This is Damn. not going to be an evergreen episode. You know, we do many episodes, John, that they're evergreen. You can go back three years ago, two years ago, one year ago. We had a T-Lopper who I absolutely just adore this. Like, I am so pumped. He was literally sharing on LinkedIn mm -hmm. last week, an episode we did like three years ago. It'd be happening like that. It was like episode 61, something we did on cold calling. <laughs> and I even like messaged him. I'm like, seriously, this old of an episode? He I goes, it's it. that good. It's that good. Yeah, I was like, all right, cool. But sometimes we do episodes that, nah, they're pretty evergreen, but... I think our audience craves that. I'm sorry, it's not evergreen. It's very current event. Yeah, yeah, evergreen means it's going to stick around. Current event means, hey, this thing may have a shelf life of three days, five max. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to have a shelf life of probably five to ten days. Okay. Five to ten days. So here we are, end of May. Mm -hmm. You should probably have this thing posted by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You should probably kick Steve Richmond's okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, over yeah, to yeah, Tuesday, yeah. right? Because we just did a couple episodes from the Mortgage Bankers Association of Georgia, Shout out to MBAG. Uh, we were able to feature one of uh, Black Knight's uh, prized companies, Surefire, right? We had Maggie on. Maggie taught us about CRMs mm -hmm. and best practices for managing and working within a CRM. We then had our buddy Steve Richmond Shout out Steve. Uh, do an episode where he's going to teach our audience tips and tricks and best practices for public speaking, mm -hmm. how to get over that fear, how to conquer it. So we'll drop that episode after this episode, but this episode needs to be dropped pretty quickly because we're talking about what in the hell is going on with mortgage rates. Here we are in the end of May. Rates were supposed to have been going down. They've done the exact opposite of going down, which is up, gone up. It's as if they saw their shadow, they turned around and hauled ass back up that hill. Mm -hmm. Well, why? Mm, we had this thing called the debt ceiling. Oh, it's scary. People are spooked. What does that really mean? We had the Federal Reserve out there yap, yap, yapping. What are they yapping about? What does that mean? And we've done a couple episodes on the recent bank failures, but look, it's still out there. I think if we go back and watch or listen to those episodes, I even hinted that, hey, boys and girls, this ain't over yet. And there is still lots of chatter. I mean, coming from people like Janet Yellen, that there could be more mid-sized bank failure. And what does that mean? Because all of this is impacting the markets. It is all impacting the direction of interest rates. And until we get interest rates back down to five and a half percent, which we were heading that direction, mm -hmm. till they saw their shadow, hauled ass and ran back up the hill, we're not gonna be able to convince home sellers to put their home on the market. And we're having a very difficult time making it easy for home builders to build homes. I just read an article today that there's legislation in the state of Texas that the state of Texas was trying to promote new development, trying to make it easier and less expensive for developers to develop land, to build homes, to build residences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't pass. Why come? I had no idea. I am not in Austin, Texas. I am not part of their... Uh, assembly that meets do you know they only meet once every two years i don't even know who what once every two years like the the state uh congress mm. for, for texas right because you know we have the federal 
Congress, right? It's the House and the Senate. But each state also has a state representatives and state senators. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the state of Texas, they only meet every two years. Good for them, whoever parlayed that into a win. Okay. So, um, anyhow, yeah, we have lots of stuff going on. So, we're, we're going to attack what is going on with the debt ceiling mm -hmm. is what we're going to attack. We're going to talk about what is being said by certain Fed chairmen, chairwomen. Mm -hmm. We're also going to discuss why the fear of more bank failure or even the aftermath of the banks that did fail, how all of that is impacting the interest rate market, which then if it impacts interest rate market, it's impacting the number of homes that are coming on the market, which is making it more difficult for home buyers to actually go out there and succeed in their mission, which is buy a damn house. Mm -hmm. Now, all of this, the silver lining is home values. Home values, man, they're like Mel Gibson and Braveheart. Hold, hold, actually, but they're even going up. I think I just saw a, a recent report that on average, home values are gonna go up like 4% this year, maybe 5% this year. Sell, sell, sell. Yeah, the problem is if you sell, 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 where are you going to go, go, go? Mm. And when you go, yep, so this this is the big conundrum that we're, that we're in as an industry who desperately needs more units and volume. But before we get too geeked out, just want to give a shout out to Roger Shannon from South Carolina. Roger provided... Today's centerpiece. Pew, 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 pew. Yep, I have a koozie for a bottle. I have a koozie for a can. Both of them represent his hometown in South Carolina. And he knows that I'm a reader. So he provided me with a book that he recommends called Born to Run. He thinks I'm going to love it. And I told Roger because he came to the TLOP Learn, Earn, and Grow event. Homeboy drove down from South Carolina. No excuses. Yeah, he wasn't the only one, yeah, right? No. We had Lucy the Lender and Corey come in from Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. How about Bethany? Shout out Bethany. Dude, Bethany up in PA. That's a different state. Yeah. A couple states over. Yeah, that was more than a two or three hour drive. Bethany came down. We had people drive up from West Palm Beach. Mm -hmm. uh, people drove in from Melbourne, Florida. For people who don't know, West Palm Beach to Jacksonville, Florida. It's like a three and a half, four hour drive. Yeah, it's quite Melbourne to Jacksonville is like a two and a half hour drive. Like Bethany, though, that's like a two hour flight. On a plane. On a plane came down. She flew um, Frontier, though. It don't matter, Josh. I know. I, I know. That's what I said. I'm and sorry. here's something really cool that I found out. Bethany, she's a cutter. And no, not like the emo teenage, I cut myself to relieve oh, pain oh, cutter. Oh, okay. No, her skill set is an equestrian skill set, besides being a mortgage lender. She hops on the back of her quarter horse and she competes in cutting competitions. Uh, cutting, if you looked it up on YouTube, is. I think I know. What is it? It's when they go around the barrels, but they go like hella sharp at like 94 degree angles. Well, that's called barrel racing. So that's what my <laughs> daughter and I used to do when she was in middle school together. We'd drive out to the barn every single Sunday. My good friend Melissa would give us barrel racing lessons. Okay. No, cutting. I think it's probably more up my alley. I think I need to get into cutting is that it's basically get on your horse and imagine, um, I don't know, playing point guard and trying to defend, right? Whoever like Jimmy Butler right now, yeah. right? And you're constantly having to go back, forth, back, forth, like back, forth. Like strafing or something? Cutting is, is how they herd cattle into the pen. Mm -hmm. So you have to work your horse where it's like giving head fakes and it's juking to the right, it's juking to the left, so the back 
the back legs are staying pretty stationary, but the front legs. Oh. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to pin an animal. You're trying to, right? uh, you're trying yep. to scare the cattle to their death. Makes sense. No, you're trying to get them to go from one pasture into a pen, from one pen into yeah, another pen. Until, until we get them to the final pen, which is the ultimate slaughter. There you go, son. <laughs> All right. So anyhow, shout out to Beth. Shout, out to, shout out to Corey. Shout out to Lucy, the lender. Oh, no. Big, no shout out for Lucy. And a big shout no. out to Roger, who, if you're watching on YouTube, supported uh, or, or supplied mm -hmm. the centerpiece for today. And I then like a, a lot of gratitude to our friend, Steve Richmond, who sure, will Steve. be featured on the next episode, as well as the Mortgage Bankers Association of Georgia. Got to say, that was our best TLOP live event it was another sales symposium a loan officer seminar learn earning grow if y'all want us to come up to your market we would love to come into your market hell yeah you just got to find a sponsor who's willing to host the event throw the event and then cover our travel expenses but i'll go to michigan i'll go to boston i'll go to boise mm. i'll go to oklahoma Whoa. i'll go to texas i'll Easy. go to Orange County, California. There we go. I would love to go to Seattle. Mm. So anyhow, y'all listening, make that happen. And finally, Nikki and Mark over at TLOP Entertainment LLC, TLOPOnline.com, wanted me to remind everybody that Nikki is currently filling two coaching groups. I said I wasn't going to do it. I got talked into doing it. Now I'm fired up about doing it. I'm going to take on two coaching groups this year, July through December, coaching with me in a small group, right? This is where you're held accountable. You're given homework. Yeah. You're forced to read a book. Oh. I get to know you. I get to know your market. I pump you up when you, when you need to get pumped up. I ride your booty when your booty needs to be ridden. And we're going to teach you how a successful top producing loan officer runs their book of business. How do they schedule their day? What activities are they tracking? What are they saying when they go on sales calls? Right, it is small group coaching. We call it LO Launch. It used to be called the Incubator. Word. Now it's LO Launch. So if you're interested in that, hit up Nikki over at tloponline.com. And if you're not interested in that, but you want something better, you're like, look, man, I need like a branch manager in a box that's readily available at me anytime and it has to be economical. Hey, look, for like a hundred bucks a month, you can become a premium member or even a premium plus member of tloponline.com where you can be offered two large group coaching calls monthly. You can have access to our premium scripts, our premium marketing ideas, our premium resources, our premium training, uh, training videos. And depending on which level you pick, it may even cover all of your CE for the year, as well as over $5,000 of pre-negotiated discounts with our friends in the industry, companies like Xenix, like MBS Highway, like Knowledge Coop, like MMI, like Monitor Base, do I need to keep going? Mm -hmm. Like Growth Only Coaching, like Renee Rodriguez over at Amplify, like those types of partners. So anyhow, Nikki's on standby, waiting just to say hi. Should you stop? Hell yeah, you should stop. I don't do know. not roll by. I do not know what song that's from. You do too, John. Come on. George, Vanilla Ice, 1991. George Strait. No, it's not George Strait. All right. Let's go, John. Okay. What are your pressing questions? Do you even know what the debt ceiling is? Yeah, it's an imaginary number that's on a ticker outside of Wall Street that keeps going up because fiat money, fiat currency is fake ever since we moved away from having money backed by gold. Thank you, Richard Nixon. 
All righty, there we go. In case closed, we can go ahead and go to lunch now. I appreciate that. Yeah, so um, look, there's enough decently written articles or YouTube videos to explain what the debt ceiling is. That's not this this particular episode. Uh, but I need people to understand that right now, because our uh, elected officials cannot agree on what they're going to cut out of the budget in order to approve funding our country, meaning continue to pay our bills. Eric Putt, buddy of ours, heck of a mortgage professional, he actually reached out to me last night. like, Dio, I want to do a video message to my clients. Can you, can you please, in layperson's terms, explain what would happen or uh, if, if we don't increase the debt ceiling? I said, well, imagine this. Eric, and this is why this is a bad thing, why the markets are spooked and why interest rates have recently gone up when we thought they would go down. Imagine being 50 years old and you have never, ever, ever missed a payment on anything. You have a freaking 830 FICO. Literally, you've never missed a payment. And then one day, you may actually miss your credit card payment, your auto loan, and quit paying your mortgage altogether. That's what it would mean for the United States to not approve increasing the debt ceiling, which is basically approving the funding of the bills that we have already racked up. We've already racked up this, these debts, right? These debts is when we issue uh, treasuries, we then have to pay out the interest to the parties who purchase our, our debt. And our debt, we are the primo customer. We are the A plus borrower for anyone in the world to want to lend money to. So we get to borrow money the cheapest. When you say we, you mean? The United States of America. Okay. Not you, John Coleman, not me, Dustin, <laughs> oh, okay. but we. Okay. Right? That, that's how our country operates. It operates very much on a very small scale how my household operates. I want to buy a car. I go out and finance that car. I want to buy a house. I go out and finance that house. I purchase cruises and groceries on my credit card. And then every single month, I need to bring in enough revenue so that I can pay off my credit card, make my mortgage payment on time, make my car payment on time. Okay, the US government operates very similar. We bring in revenue, typically through taxes, corporate taxes, personal taxes, et cetera. And then we use that tax money to fund our country. And we don't pay cash for many things, if, if any things. Right, we make payments on it, so we go out and borrow money. The way I borrow money for a mortgage or or a car, we borrow money to fund our country. Now, it could be a hundred percent debatable that we are over borrowing and we have have been over borrowing for over a decade. Sure, like I'm not going to argue that. I'm not here to argue that, uh, but I'm just here to explain. Like this is on a very layperson's terms. This is how kind of it all works. And we, as a borrower, have never, ever, 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 ever missed a payment. But if we don't go out and increase what is allotted in our budget to make these payments, mm -hmm. right? We basically need to go and amend our budget, right? We need to figure out, hey, we're running out of money. We aren't going to make it through the end of the year unless we increase our budget, mm -hmm. unless we increase our ability to borrow which has to be voted on, has to be agreed upon. Okay. Then uh, we're going to quit paying our payments.
That would be like me, mm-hmm. if I was 50 years old and never, ever, ever missed a payment saying, hey, I know I've never missed a payment. I know I've been a great I've client great, of yours, yeah, yeah, yeah. but now I'm not gonna make my Amex, I'm not gonna make my Visa, I'm not gonna make my, my Ford, and I'm not gonna make my mortgage payment. Huh? What you mean? Okay, now all of a sudden people are freaking out. This guy's never gonna pay us, but I go to them and I say, hey, but I'm gonna need to borrow money here in the future. <laughs> what the hell? So it's like if I need more money in my credit card, it's like calling Citibank or some shit and being like, hey, can you increase my credit limit? Yeah, but right now you and your wife are fighting over whether or not you should do that. And if you do do that, mm-hmm. how much should it be? If you're going to do that, what are you going to do to cut out of your budget so you don't have to do it too much? Nothing- like that's that's what's transpiring yeah, yeah, yeah. right now, right? On a very basic level, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Hey, honey, we're running out of money. Mm-hmm. I'm not making enough to cover our current lifestyle. Yeah, and I'm not going to change my lifestyle, so <laughs> increase the credit limit so we can keep this party going. Yes, and you and your wife are negotiating. All right, John, well, if if I do that, you got to cut out your trips to Truly. Well, if I have to leave Truly, I'm, ta- I'm cutting out Netflix. Yeah, yes. Don't yes, that's, all right, all right. that is what Makes is sense. transpiring. And you're like, yeah. look, you can't cut True Leave altogether no, no, out, no. but maybe I can go there less. Oh. And she's like, you know what? Maybe I don't need Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. Yeah, yeah, right. Let me maybe get, get rid of Hulu, Makes right? Makes sense, okay. So that's what is transpiring. But while all this is going on, anyone who would be willing to lend you money, mm-hmm. they're right now freaked out that for the first time ever, you're going to miss a payment. Mm-hmm. If you need to get money from them, it's not going to be at the super cheap rates anymore, mm-hmm. right? It, there's going to be a premium because you've now been downgraded as a borrower. Mm. So the risk that we are taking as a country, if we are unable to negotiate how we are going to continue to fund our country, is that we will be downgraded. The minute we are downgraded, now the cost to borrow again is going to go up. Well, if the cost to borrow goes up to the United States, please know it's going to go up to their citizens as well. Because you got to pass pass off the cost. Yeah, shit flows downhill, homie. Right. Right, So shit flows downhill. It's going to bleed into everything because now every institution that lends money is going to have a total lack of confidence in the United States' ability to pay them and pay them on time. So the the U.S.'s borrowing costs go up. Then the Federal Reserve's borrowing costs go up and banks' borrowing costs go up. And then auto loans go up business loans go up and mortgage rates go up. And the market hates uncertainty. Hate, hate, hates uncertainty. Because uncertainty screws up their algorithm and makes things less predictable. So right now, (coughs) excuse me, it made me choke. Right now, we have seen mortgage rates shoot up partly and partially because there's uncertainty in whether or not the cost of borrowing is going to be shooting up based on whether or not the United States is actually going to come close to... (coughs) You almost made it. I thought you were going to get there. You almost made it. (coughs) Holy cow. Damn. From defaulting Mm -hmm. on their debt. Now, here's something even crazier. Lay off that blunt, bro. I wish that was the case. We are are not Rogan-esque. I I would love for the entire country to get around this, that TLOP is basically... If Joe Rogan and Dave Ramsey had a baby. Heard of, heard of one of those guys. Yes, if you've heard of one of those guys. And yes, if we are on Rogan, Rogan may be trying to pass me a blunt, at which point if I hit that shit, I would choke. <laughs> I had to back up off the pit and sit my cup down, yeah. right? Um, that is not what just happened. If you're tuning in on, no, on Spotify. You should let the joke keep going. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah. where it was, I, I, I digress. No, but what's, what's really interesting is we had this date of June 1st, June 1st, June 1st. 
technically, y'all, we have enough money in the bank, quote unquote, in the bank to probably make our debt payments through August. It would be a big deal to get to June 1 and have the debt ceiling mm -hmm. not lifted, to have funding not renegotiated. Mm -hmm. But if it does happen, it's not total catastrophic just yet because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't mean we're going to miss a payment. But now we know that we are truly living off of savings, at which point that's going to that's how I live, run out I live my, my life August. paycheck to paycheck. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I have a question for you, Dustin. Um, you know what, John? You may live your life paycheck to paycheck, yeah. but uh, how indebted are you? None. None. But yeah. I still ain't got no None. money. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. got no money. Well, uh, unfortunately, our country, <laughs> right. our country uh, uses OPM. Other people's money. And they may use too much OPM. A HSBC. And they are very much uh, going to quit being able to even live. So my paycheck. question for you, as someone who doesn't pay attention to the news at all, all I've been hearing in the past couple of months is like, oh, recession this, right? Recession this, recession this. So where the hell did all this debt be ceiling news come out of, out of nowhere? Whoever's pulling the puppet string? Well, it doesn't come out of nowhere. This is like the fourth time in probably the past 10 years. Oh, okay. That we get in this pissing match. And then we just raise it anyway. It, hey, in 80 years. In 80 years, it gets it, it gets increased. Because look, here's what's crazy. And again, I don't want to get into this because A, I'm not the subject matter expert. Sounds like it. And, and, and B, it's not for this show. Right. But what transpires is that there's a budget and the budget gets passed every single year. But then after the budget is passed, then Congress starts drafting new bills and new laws. Then those new bills and those new laws incur expenses because they're passing spending bills and mm -hmm. you know uh let's go fund this let's go fund that mm -hmm. so it's like i know in january we met and we decided this was going to be our budget mm -hmm. but by may we had passed into law these three things that, yeah. that require even more money so this is not new okay. and it's not totally uncommon to have to sit down and renegotiate what are we going to do but then as we talk about on the show all the time, nothing changes if nothing changes. In order to not get into this, this predicament, two things have to happen. And probably both things have to happen. You have to cut expenses, which mm -mm. nobody wants to sit down mm -mm. and really talk about what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And you have to increase funding. How do you increase funding? You increase taxes. George Bush did it. It worked really well. Then he didn't get reelected. <laughs> cool world. You know, like yeah, yeah. What um, you mean? Can't we just print more money? That's what we do anytime. Just raise the ceiling, print more money, and everything will be fine. Yeah, that doesn't work. It really, that doesn't. doesn't work. We printed a lot of money, and uh, we got the crazy amount of inflation that we got into, and mm. then now forced the Federal Reserve to go into crazy interest rate hikes in order to curb inflation. Now that's going to put us into a recession. That's also one of the reasons why mortgage rates are where they're at. So we learned during COVID, printing of money. And free handouts doesn't necessarily uh, bode for long-term success. Well said. Right? Maybe it was a great shot in the arm. Maybe some of it was needed, required. It was the responsibility of the government to step in to help its people. But then too much of a good thing is not a good thing. Yeah. Right? So. Okay. All right. So that's what's transpiring with the debt ceiling. At the end of the day, people are freaked the F out. And by people, I mean traders. And because of that, those traders are less likely to purchase or invest in certain debt instruments, bonds, mortgage-backed securities, unless they get them for a discount. 
A discount means a discount of price. Well, when your price goes down on a bond, the rate of return goes up or the yield goes up. The yield is your interest rate. So because of this little squabble going on with the debt ceiling, we have seen mortgage rates go up. Our hope would be, it's funny, our buddy Kevin Murphy was just out by the office and Kevin's like, I hope I get a great Friday going into Memorial Day weekend. I said, yeah, what's that going to be, Murph? He said, we're going to have this debt ceiling thing fixed and behind us so I can see my client's mortgage rates come down by a quarter or three eighths. I'm like, well, maybe, right? Maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't happen. I don't think it happens by Friday. I think it happens by June 1st. Um, if history repeats itself, or at least it rhymes, it will happen by June 1st. But that's one of the reasons why mortgage rates have turned for the hills and have crept their way or marched their way yeah. back up. You know what I got to say to that? It doesn't matter. Now's still a great time to buy a house. Yes. I'm a firm believer in that. You taught me that. Like, look at what appreciation has done this year. You've still gone up by 4 to 5% in most markets. Still right now, if you're trying to buy a house, you're one of four or five offers. You're paying top dollar. So it's like that home that you could have bought last year for 400 grand, today it's 420. That's, that's a 5% increase. So yes, for the most part, if you're looking for a primary home for you to live in because you are, are, are fiscally secure, your employment's solid, uh, you're not planning on moving anytime the next three, five or seven years, Yes, buying a home makes sense. I think home ownership over the past 80 years has only taken eight L's and has had 74 wins in terms of what you see in terms of home value. So yes. Now the other two things that are impacting interest rates right now that I think people need to be cognizant of is the bank failures. So we had three major bank failures. And what that really did is when those banks failed, the FDIC or the other more or the other banks that took them over have to come. They have to um, liquidate and they have to pay the depositors their money, mm -hmm. right? They have to pay the creditors their money, make sure the depositors have their money. In order to do that, you have to sell your investments. Well, a lot of banks have many investments. They, they own commercial buildings. They have um, uh, CDs that they've, that they've uh, invested in, or they have, uh, mortgage-backed securities that they've invested in, like you know, life insurance they've invested in. Like banks take your money and my money, they, they put it all together, then they go out and they invest it. And then when we need it, they give us our money back, but they're using our money to make mm -hmm. money while all this is happening. Well, the bank that gets taken over or the bank that goes belly up when the regulator or the bank that took them over comes in, yeah, they have to like make the depositors whole and they have to like, you know, pay off any debts that they have to incur. What they're going to do is sell those investments that the bank has made. Well, if those investments that the bank has made are mortgage backed securities and all of a sudden you have not one, not two, but three pretty large bank failures and, and they're going through some form of a liquidation, then that's a bunch of supply being dumped into the market that wasn't accounted for accounted for. Yeah, it wasn't accounted for. So now all of a sudden, just simple supply and demand says, well, if there's more supply than there is demand, especially supply that was not predicted, not accounted for, then in order for me to sell my product or my good, I must drop the price to make it more attractive and increase the rate of return to make it more attractive. Well, 
that's what a mortgage rate is. A mortgage rate is a bond and it is a price and it is a rate of return or a yield. So all of a sudden, because of these banks that failed and because they have all this extra supply hitting the market, that too wasn't really predicted three months ago. It wasn't accounted for. It wasn't taken into the formula. That too is adding to why interest rates have turned their back and started racing and marching back up the hill. And the third thing is there are a couple Federal Reserve chair people who in their professional assessment are still barking that the Federal Reserve needs to continue to raise the prime interest rate, the Federal Fed funds rate. That's debatable in many circles with most economists. And the people that I buy into, that I listen to, they say that those two or three chair people who are making these claims that they're looking in the rear view mirror, they're not looking out, the, out of the windshield. Meaning all of the hikes that they have done have, have, have far exceeded what they set out to do. You just need father time to do what it needs to do. Meaning it's been too soon. You made the changes. Let's give it three, four, or five months for those changes to really take root. And when you see that, you'll see inflation has come down because you have some Federal Reserve chair people who are stating that in order for the Fed to achieve their goal of 2% inflation, we have to do more Fed funds hikes. You have others that are like, eh, I think I may be willing to pause because I think we've done enough. We just have to let these changes really take root. But because of this, we went from a, as a country, most of the talking heads and the supposed experts are like, hey, boys and girls, we're done. We're done with hikes. Inflation is in check. Inflation is going down. Well, inflation is the number one arch enemy, the nemesis of interest rates. So when times of record inflation, you see record high interest rates. In times of low inflation, you see low interest rates. Well, when we felt like inflation was in check, and most of the commentary coming out of the Federal Reserve was that inflation was in check. Cool. The market traded based on that. They based on, hey, we have inflation in check. Mortgage rates are going to stabilize and then they're going to start sliding down. Well, you start getting some noise, some barking that mm, maybe it's not. Well, here we go again. All of a sudden, the emotions of the traders is one in which they're like, oh, maybe I'm not willing to pay that price for that security. Maybe I'm not willing to take that rate of return for that security. Maybe I need to pay a lower price. Maybe I need to get a higher rate of return because maybe inflation is not in check. So three things all transpired in the, over the past really three weeks that have caused mortgage interest rates to turn their back and run back up that hill. We thought we were going there. We had gotten down into the low sixes, high fives on our way to five and a quarter. And nope. Let's march it back up to the high sixes, low sevens. Overall though, and I'll, I'll conclude with this. Overall, let's get through this little debt ceiling issue. Let's let the bank failures play out. And by the way, three have already played out. There could be two or three more. If you listened to Janet Yellen last week or two weeks ago, she said, hey, I don't think this is over. I think there's still a couple banks that got out in front of their skis and they're not going to be able to reel it back in. They're not going to be able to recover. And if too many depositors start asking for their money to come back, or if these banks have to start 
covering some of the losses that they're incurring on the investments they made, then you're going to see more bank failure. Um, but as we get more of that behind us and the debt ceiling behind us, and we can get more economic data that shows that, yes, we have wrapped our arms around inflation. It is going down. We are heading towards that targeted 2% roll. The country is going into re to a recession. We'll be able to see mortgage rates do what we thought they would start doing in May. It now might not be until August, all based on things that we couldn't really predict, such as Congress not being able to get to a, an agreement and negotiation, banks failing, and a couple Fed Reserve chair people starting to get vocal that they feel like maybe more hikes are needed where others feel like, no, we've already done enough hikes. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see. Our magic number is still 5.5%. You start seeing the average 30-year fixed mortgage interest rate at 5.5%, at we will see more inventory. The minute we see more inventory, all of these home buyers who are sitting on the sideline who desperately want to own a home Give me that. are going to be able to do so. In the, in, the, in the interim, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a fight. Keep scrapping. Keep your blinders on, your heads down, one foot in front of the other, right? Control what you can control and let everything else sort itself out. Hell yeah. Cool. That's all I have to say about that, John. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. Awesome. Well, we appreciate y'all tuning in. Look, if you feel like I overstepped my boundaries or uh, I said something out of turn. Leave it in the comments. Leave it in the comments on YouTube. Yes. Like, we're not perfect. We do our best to educate I, I and to entertain. Right? We try to take topics that are sometimes mundane and make them a little bit more entertaining. We try to take topics that are sometimes complex Hell yeah. and, and teach them in a manner where someone can get the overall gist. But while doing so, we'd be the first to acknowledge that, yes, we may have misspoke or misexplained. That's like 90% of life. Oh, I'd hope 90% of the time we get it right. 10% of the time, John. I don't know what planet you're living on. 10% of the time is, <laughs> sure. when, is when maybe, sure. uh, you know, we use the wrong there, right? There, there, or there. I may have used the wrong there and spell check didn't get it. We did an episode like, like we did today. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you there's a couple there's, there's, or there's that wasn't used in the right context and spell check didn't get it. The good news about us is we are humble enough to say, hey, point it out. Just don't hold it against us. Please continue to share us. Please continue to like us. Give us a five-star review and tell somebody about this content, especially if you dig it. Okay. You good with that, John? Yeah. Cool. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin and That's all we have to say about that. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. All right.